0: M.I. chapter number 2, if you got your Bible, page 542, amen, 542, amen, all right, page 542, all right, amen, all right, amen, page 542, And one verse, one verse. Nehemiah chapter 2. If you found your place, won't you stand? We'll read one verse together tonight. Nehemiah chapter number 2, verse number 18. Are we ready? Say amen. amen. Then I told them... Okay, let's stop right there. Then I told them of the good hand of my God upon me. We looked at that last week. We talked about the hand of God, knowing and seeing the hand of God. All right, let's read the rest of the verse. As also the king's words that he had spoken unto me, and they said, let us rise up and build... Notice that last part. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Tonight, with the help of God, I want to show you seven principles. Leave your Bible open. Because in chapter number three, there are seven principles that teaches us How to strengthen our hand for this good work. Let's go to the throne of grace. Brother Aaron, how about you praying, buddy? Amen. You be seated. I'm glad you're here tonight. I said this morning, it may be, it may be the most important sermon I will bring this entire year. I am confident it is this. It is the sermon that we need as we look To a new year. I'm also very confident about this. I'm confident God has His hand on this place. How many of you believe with all your heart that God's got His hand on this place? Put your hand up. Show me. Amen. You believe God's hand's on this place. I truly believe that. I I said last week, I don't know that I really understand why that is. I'm not really sure what motivates God Almighty, and my whole, thrice holy God to choose to put His hand on one place and others, He chooses not to. I'm not sure I understand all that. And I'm not even going to try to comprehend that. I just know it when I see it. And I know God's hands on this place. And as Nehemiah Chapter 2, he recognized that. He, he, he figured that thing out very, very quickly. But then he made this statement. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Boy, that, that just really caught my attention, really caught my heart. And the next question was, Okay, Lord, how, how did they strengthen their hands for the good work. By the way, let me just stop here and say, Hallelujah! It's a good work. Amen. It's good work Amen. to be a part of what Jesus is doing. Amen. It's a good work to be a part of what the Lords are doing. It's a good work to be saved. It's a good work to go and be going to heaven. It's a good work to be a part of His church. Amen. It's a good work. But I wondered how, how. Did they do that? Nehemiah you know said. So they strengthen their hands for this good work. I'm, I'm going to read you this resume. And, and by the way, some of you young people need to listen. This sounds like yours. My first job was working in an orange juice factory. But I got canned, I couldn't concentrate. <laughs> then I worked in the woods as a lumberjack but couldn't hack it, so they axed me. Then I tried working in a muffler factory, but that was exhausting. (laughs) I wanted to be a barber, but just couldn't cut it. Finally, I attempted to be a daily worker, but anyway, I sliced it, I couldn't cut the mustard. I studied a long time to become a doctor, but didn't have any patience. Next job was in a shoe factory. I tried it, but it just didn't fit. i became become a professional fisherman, but discovered that I couldn't live on my net income. I managed to get a good job working for a pool maintenance company, but the job was just too draining. So then I got a job in a gym, but they said I wasn't fit for the job. Next, I found being an electrician interesting, but the work was shocking. After many years of trying to find steady work, I finally got a job as a historian until I realized there was no future in it. My last job was working at Starbucks, but I had to quit because I was always the same old grind. Got any ideas? I'm open for suggestions. Maybe you have something that works because I don't. I love that. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah chapter two, we find as the inspiration and a motivation of the prophet and the people. We see as God, Amen. Thank you so much. Thousand and three dollars in our missions, praise the Lord, amen. We watched as God slips Nehemiah's hand into the glove of history. Nehemiah arrives in Jerusalem. The temple had been completed for 20 years. But nobody, everybody had given up on rebuilding the walls and setting up the gates. It was a city with broken walls and broken gates. We find Nehemiah chapter 2 as he arrives. Now, sad to say, almost every commentary you read will just skip over chapter 3 totally and move straight in to chapter number 4. And that's sad because in Nehemiah chapter 3, keep your Bible there, in Nehemiah chapter 3, there are seven principles that God, that that happened here, that teach us how to strengthen our hands for this great work. Let's get right in. First of all, I see participation. Notice verse number 17. Then said I unto them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste. And the gates that I will burn with fire come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. Meaning how the attitude work doesn't bother me, it fascinates me. I'm sitting, look at it for hours. Amen. Don't miss this. The first, the first to any person here that wants to strengthen your hand is get busy doing something. Participate. I'm amazed at this. It is rare that those participating ever criticize. Because do you know why? They're too busy doing something to be critical. It is usually those that are doing nothing. It's real easy to become very critical of this. You know, well, bless God. I, I just don't think the choir's doing too good, okay? Get in there and help you sing. Get up there and help us sing. Well, I, 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 just don't, I just don't believe a Sunday school teacher is doing good. Okay, next Sunday, say, Amen, teacher. Amen. That's good. Amen. They'll, they'll teach yourself to death. Hey, boy, this is a novel idea. I'll tell you how you can help every Sunday school teacher instead of being far from, get up as close to him as you can. Get up get get right up in front. I mean if, if he's a teacher, Brother Roy teaches right. I tell you what's the truth. It wouldn't bother me if you got a chair and sit right there and watch him. Might bother him, but it wouldn't bother me. But won't you just get right up here and say? And and, and and while you're here, while you're sitting there, don't be don't be doing this. Don't you know? You know how don't be looking at him, and, and you got your book in. The end and, uh, hey, but better yet, whoo! Why don't we do this? Won't you read the Sunday school lesson so you know what he's talking about? Man, wouldn't that be something? Oh, we got Sunday school lessons. Yeah, every Sunday. Boy, would I, but, but would that be something if every Sunday morning you participated? Well, I, I tell you what's the truth. You could take, change every Sunday school teacher. I don't care what class it's in. Bless God. I was in my office the other day, and I, I was listening to the children in the class over there, and, and I was listening to Miss Christy teach them. And I noticed something. She got all of them participating. And I got to thinking, what we need to do is take some adults, put them in the floor, and say, okay, repeat after me. Let's do this. You want to strengthen the hand is participate. Participate. I'm amazed at this. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Well, you know, bless God, I ain't got nothing to do with this. I, ain't. I'm gone, huh? What you say? What can I do? What can I do? Hey, tell me, give me something to do. Participate, boy. Dead bones come to life and come together when the God moves in a place. You know how to strengthen the hand of Solid Rock Baptist Church? Come and say, what can I do to participate? What can I do to have a part? What can I do to do this? Now, listen, I, I get this all the time. I get this all the time. Preacher, why, why don't we do this? Boy, especially at Christmas time. I'm telling you, it's, it gets something, it gets home. But preacher, why 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 don't we do this? And I say, okay. Are are you going to head that up? Oh oh no 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 preacher. I just I, I think something ought to do. I just ain't got time to do it. Do you understand that everything that we do here takes time? It takes work, and it takes a desire to want to do it. Do you understand that? Praise God when I all want well, to participate. Well, that's the reason next Sunday you ought to be at the dinner. Hey, by the way, some of you, some of you Christian hobos. I'm just going to throw it out. If you're hungry and you ain't got no food, we'll gladly feed you. But bless God, don't you be a hobo. If you can bring something, bring it. Amen. I know that ain't good preaching, but somebody needs to love you enough to tell you. I, somebody needs to love you enough. You know, and it, I, I, I I'll never forget. I just kept meeting this past year, and. and Maybe, maybe Brother Ronnie was with me. Was you the old man asked Brother Steve? He said, he said, I tell you what, the truth, Steve, you, you're going to get, you're gonna have to do better than this old stringy chicken. That's what he said. And, I, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, he's the first one in line. Are you listening? He's the first one in line. He didn't cook a bit of it. He didn't fix a bit of it. I like what Steve told him. Said, Steve said, wait, have you got a biscuit on there? He said, yes, sir. He said, there's some gravy there. He said, do you like gravy? He said, stop that biscuit full of gravy and be thankful for it. Amen. The way to strengthen the hand is to participate. It strengthens the hand is to participate. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Why don't you do it? Matter of fact, you shouldn't suggest anything be done that you wouldn't be willing to step up and do yourself. I know this is not good preaching, but it is, amen, good preaching. You shouldn't suggest anything be done that you would not by yourself step up. And and I'm amazed at this. Now, I bet mean, we're just going to get with this. We're going to have church tonight. I, I'm amazed at this. Somebody will say, well, listen, preacher, why don't we? I, I, we've had families to leave because we didn't do what they thought we ought to do at Christmas time. You'd be amazed at that. And you know what my answer to that is? If God puts somebody on your heart to do something, He's probably talking to you. He's probably talking to you. And what you want to do, you want everybody else to give. When God's a talking to you, and why don't you just step up and do it? Well, first step, he said, let us rise up and build. Kenny Hall, how long did you work Friday over here getting them leaves up? To at least, that's probably conservative, at least three hours. At least three hours. How many of you noticed the parking lot was clean? How many of you went by and said, boy, Kenny, that sure looks good. I'm glad you did, Christopher. (laughs) Pray for Christopher. Everything that's done One. How many of you enjoy a clean church? Amen. Well, I do. I'm dead. It's it's nice. Is it not nice, ladies? Go in the restroom and it smells good and it's clean. Amen. Everybody ought to appreciate that. I, do you realize? Do you realize if this church is is clean properly and Brother Watts make sure it's clean properly? Say amen. 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 It's clean properly. You realize you'll invest good five hours cleaning this thing. Is that, is that, is that being exaggerated? And everybody ought to clean this church one time. Every member ought to clean this church one time. Every one of you ought to line up and you ought to say, Brother Ronnie, I'd like to clean it. Every member, every family ought to come over here and clean this church one time. I promise you, you'd leave it cleaner the next week. We need a participation. We've got to participate. Number two, don't miss this. I see a personal diversity. In chapter number three, to chapter number three, from verses one all the way down to verse thirty-two. There are thirty-two verses, thirty-eight individual workers. Forty-two Different groups of workers. From Elisha, the high priest, to Malachi, the goldsmith's son. And they all did different things. There's some that... that was, was was goldsmith, there was some that worked with metal, there's some that worked with bars, but don't miss this. There's just some that picked up the rocks and the rubble. There's just some that cleaned up the stones. There's some that stacked up the bricks. Here's what I want you to understand. There's something for everybody to do. And God took all their different diversities and used it for his glory. Some of you gonna like this story here. I found a lady married a grocer, a grocer, and he died. Then she married a tailor, and he died. Then she married a preacher. Someone asked her, "I hate preachers' jokes." Someone asked her, "Why'd you marry so many different kind of men?" She said, "I married a grocer so I could eat for nothing." She said, I married a tailor so I could dress for nothing. And I married a preacher so I could be good for nothing. <laughs> Lord, I hate preachers' jokes. I know some preachers that are good for nothing, but I know some members that are good for nothing. Amen. D.L. Moody said this, A great many people have a false concept of church. they got the idea that their church is a place to rest in. To get into a nicely cushioned pew and contribute to the charities. Thus, they listen to the pastor. They do their share to keep the church out of bankruptcy, but that's all they want. The idea of them, the, the ideal of work for them, actual work in the church, never enters their mind. 1 Corinthians 12 said, For the body is not. One member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it not therefore of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not the body, is it not for not the body? If the whole body were an ear, where were the hearing? And if the whole hearing where were the smelling, but now God has set the members, every one of them in the body, as it pleased him. As it pleased him. <laughs> Some of you are an ear. Some of you are an eye. Some of you are an arm. Some of you are Here's what he's just saying. He likens the body of Christ to our body. And here's why he's just saying. What member of your body is it okay for us to cut off? Which one ain't important? <laughs> I have a real good knife. Jimmy gave me, but I don't care because I'm afraid I'll lose it. <laughs> Which finger? Hey, what, what toes you want to cut off? What part? We won't cut your arm off because we'll be the whole knife. Set up gangrene first. <laughs> the point I'm making is this. It takes all the diversity of every single one of us. There, there's, uh, I worked in the furniture factory for years and, and it was amazing. I had big, strapping, grown men that worked in the rough end. And every month, if you had an accident in your department you would have to give up and give a speech. And those great big old strong men, I mean, just strong, I'm going to tell you, they'd come, they'd be sweating, and, and literally they would say, I'll give you $50 if you'll make that speech for me. They could handle anybody, run a department, but they could not handle the thoughts of getting in front of a crowd. And I made a couple hundred dollars today they caught on what was going on. I sure did. And I kept it too. Amen. You know why? Because they could do anything in that department, but they couldn't do that. No, don't miss this. There's some of you, you can't sing. I don't want to be the one to have to break it to you, but you can't sing. But I'll tell you this much, you're a great teacher. Some of you have got the ability to be a teacher. Some of you have got to be the, the, the ability to be a leader. Miss Willie May, she, she told me more than one time, she said, you know, you're tone deaf. I said, Willie May, I don't talk about you. <laughs> Amen. She said, no, you're tone She said, really, you're tone deaf. What she's saying is this. I cannot hear the piano and, and, and catch the tones of it. I just know when it's good and I know when it's not. God has given every one of us people here, given you different abilities. There's some of you can handle money very, very well. Some of you have never been able to handle money. There's some of you have leadership skills. What I want you to know, how do you strengthen the hand, is that personal diversity... And what we have to realize is this, all of us are different, but everybody can add something to the cause of Christ. Everybody can add something. Everybody has something to add. We All of our folks clean the church good. All of them do. But boy, there's some people, well, I, I wouldn't embarrass them. We're nothing in the world. But Miss Kathy, there's one of them. She, she's, got it, she's got an act for that. She's very good at that. And they know how to do it efficiently. She's very good at that. See, every one of us have a different diversity. You have something that God will use that you can add to the cause of Christ, and He strengthens the hand because of the diverse, the personal diversity. Of every one of us. And that gives strength. And and don't miss this. But now, when you have a strength and you don't choose to use that strength, then you're saying, I'm not going to be a participation. I'm not going to participate. Don't put me down. I'm not going to do that. I I, I ain't ain't doing that. Some of you could, could, you got a beautiful voice. And you can add to that choir. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. You have the ability to do some things. But because you don't want to strengthen the hand, you choose not to participate. And then you choose not to use that personal Diversity That God's given you if I'm, if I'm learning anything And I don't know that I know it well One of the things That's been the most challenging thing For me to learn over the years is this Is let other people do stuff For years And years Me and Darlene Done it all We literally headed up everything And we did it all And one of the things, and one of the reasons I believe God's hands on this church is I have figured out I've got to let other men do their job. And I've got to let them do it. Because they bring a personal diversity to it that I can't. And I have to let them do their job. And all around this church, there's people that have different diversities. Some of you are, are, are masters at what you do. And what you've got to do is realize that we're not all the same. Someone said, if you're too big to do a little job, then you're too little to do a big job. I love this. The church is not a place for, for prima donnas. The church is not a place for celebrities. And a church is not a place for ultra-egos. I'm not here to put you on stage. If you're waiting on me to put you on stage, you'll be waiting a long time. I'm not interested in, 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 in you being applauded. I'm interested in Jesus being applauded. Here's what you've got to understand. The church is a place where everybody becomes a nobody So by God's grace, can make them a somebody in his body. And God wants to use all of us. Number three. Number one, a participation. Number two, a personal diversity. Number three, a powerful intensity. Notice what he said. He said to strengthen this work of our hands. They were intense. There's four kinds of Of workers in every church. There's four kinds of people. And all of you will come under one of these. There are those who want to instruct. They're the first one to tell you how everything ought to go. There are those who obstruct. Just getting away. There are some who are destructive. Let me stop here and just say, let me stop here and say this. I want you to listen to me, and I want you to listen to me very, very carefully. I'm going to share something with you, and you need to hear this. Please, please, please. Be careful destroying or trying to destroy what God has put His hand on. Me and Ronnie know a man, if I called his name, most of you would know him. He's a young man in the scheme of things. He's miserable. He can't even like himself. His health is shot. And he literally just shared with Ronnie, he's dying. But I remember a day when that man decided I'll fight against what God put his hand on. This ain't about me. It ain't about me. It's not about me at all. You need to understand. You need to be careful with that. God just might take that thing personal. I remember, the, I remember the day, we, with the first service in this building. What a great day it was. He'd done his devil. And I'm here to tell you, I'm warning you, I'm telling you, I'm trying to be your friend, I'm trying to love you, I'm trying to tell you, you be careful what you try to destroy, what God, what God, what God puts his hand on. You may not like what God does. And how he shows up in your life. You may not like it. I see a powerful intensity. but I've got to be honest with you. I see this too. I see a pitiful lethargic. The word lethargic means lazy, inactive. Worse, I just don't care. In Nehemiah chapter 3 and verse 5. Next unto them the Decoahites repaired but notice but their nobles put not their necks to the work of the Lord here's that word put to simply means they they did they did not come the nobles they were a group that said we just don't care we're not going to do nothing we just don't care I, I wished this group wasn't here. I wish Solid Rock Baptist Church, I could tell you, we got nobody like this here. But I'd be dishonest with you. I think we do have some. Here's the ideal the Ticola Heights lived about eight miles from Jerusalem, and their loyalty was to their own city and nation. And there they worshipped their own gods. So they was not interested in worshipping Jehovah God, nor building up the gates. hate to tell you this, and, and it really breaks my heart. But the truth is, they weren't interested in worshipping this God. And what you're not interested in worshipping, you're going to struggle to work passionately at. If you, have, if you get your worship right, then the work becomes very natural. Here tonight, I am thrilled to worship my God. So the work just becomes a passion. It becomes something that I enjoy doing. See, here is, a, here is where so many folks are. Jesus... Thank you for going to a cross, a blood-stained cross. Thank you for saving me. Got my ticket to heaven. But that's it. I want to get all the toys I can, all the money I can, all the fun I can. Thank you. But the truth is, i really not going to be that thankful. Matter of fact, what can I get out of this thing? What's in it for me, preacher? What can I get out of it? What's in it for me? You know why? Because they've never seen what Jesus did on the cross for them. They've never looked at that cross and realized that they were a sinner on the road to a devil's hell. And their eternity was forever without God. An eternity was forever without God. And they don't see, they don't see that blood dripping in in the cross of Calvary as what Jesus has done for them. Stead and are thankful. And I'll be honest with you folks. If the cross of Calvary won't motivate you to love him and serve him, nothing else in this world will. Are you listening? Nothing else in this world will. If you can't get excited about the cross of Calvary, nothing else in this world ever will. That's the reason why Jesus don't. I, 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 Brother you said one time, he said, you know, he said, we could have elephants dancing in the church, and I don't think we'd get some of them there. You know why? We, we, we'll swap off God. We'll sell out God. We'll, we'll swap anything for God in a heartbeat because we've lost sight of what Jesus did for us, and we're not thankful about it no more. We've gotten over it. Here was a crowd that hadn't got over it. And they were lethargic. They were pitifully lethargic. They just didn't care. Oh my goodness. How sad it is when we get more concerned about getting out at a certain time on Sunday morning or Sunday night. Isn't it amazing? We'll sit in town all day long and fall all to pieces because the church is a little bit colder than it should be. That's right, say so amen. Well for, well, for all the pieces, i like to host to that church and go to town and spend all day in the cold and never complain and never say a word. You know why? Because the truth is, it's lost its luster. Now I'm going to be, be gumball straight with you. I'm not so sure about your salvation. You're sure about it, but I'm not. Oh, Dr. Graham said he believed 75% of those sitting in our church pews are lost on the road to a devil's hell. If he's even close to being right, my goodness, are you saved? Do you know, are you thrilled about it? Are you saved? Do you know, we get more, we get more out of sorts. Over silly, silly, silly stuff. I'm amazed. Solomon Baptist this Church, this ain't the first of the year, but I'm a feeling it. Can I help you? Let me let me help you. Until God. Above some of the pettiness. Petty, petty, childish, unbelievable stuff. We'll never see the greatness of what God's doing. Why? What are you going to do? If you get all the pieces now. Some of you parents get all torn, all due patience over these young people. And we're doing our dead level best to get them to Jesus. And you all tell your are all too patience. Why did they find my boyfriend? What? Have you asked that boy? Is he saved? Does he know Jesus? Is he going to hell or going to heaven? And you're all, all on all pieces because he's offended? Where's he's going to hell. What's wrong with that picture? What's that say about us? My goodness. We God. To rise above the pettiness. And I might as well just go, I might as well just just get right on in here. I'm, I have I know God make made some of you mad anyway. Well, Brother Ronnie, why well, so and so's mad. How do you know they're mad? Because you're doing nothing. Get busy and you will know they're mad. Get busy. Participate. Still looking around and see who's mad. Do you understand? You've got just two people in your house and you can't get along half the time. And you expect us to keep two hundred people right with one another? Ain't gonna happen. Do you understand? You're not going to come in here you know, week in and week out, service in and suffer out without me making you mad somewhere. It doesn't make some of you mad. You know why? It's just like your little, right? kicked it over. Your toys went everywhere. You know why? Because God wants to do a great work. Here's what bothers me. Don't boo me out now. Don't you boo me out. Here's what bothers me. Is I'm not one time seen you come to me. And say, preacher. Preacher. My son. He says he's saved. He don't act like he's saved. He don't seem to Tell me he's saved. My God, preacher. My God, preacher, please. Please, preacher. Please help me. Help me pray for my son. Instead, when your son, your daughter gets her feelings hurt because they're mean or junkyard dogs, you fly in a rage. I will leave. I ain't coming back no more. Please. Don't come up and tell me. How much you love me. And respect me. And then fall all to pieces. When your little, your little boy. Your little girl gets her feelings hurt. And I'll just leave and go somewhere else. Don't come and tell me. How much you respect me. And love me. Quit lying to me. Quit You know why? Where's the, where's the mom and daddy? And says, Preacher, my little boy likes this girl. I ain't sure she's saved. Preacher, please help me pray. Please, please help me pray that God saved him. please. Begging you, please help me pray. I got a brother, preacher. Some of you ain't got enough God about you to forgive you, brother. Some of you ain't got enough God about you that you got the audacity to take the unforgiveness of God In the midst of your soul. And say I'm so glad. I'm forgiven. But I ain't forgiven him. I ain't forgiven her. I don't care. They go to hell. I don't care. I ain't forgiven. Got the audacity. To say God. I'm not going to forgive them. When the truth is. God sure forgave you. For a lot of junk. God stepped in a. Middle of a cesspool, pulled some of you out, set you on a rock, and you're in church tonight, and you can't forgive. You can't forgive. You can't forgive. And you can't, you can't forgive. God, God found me on a pew. I was nothing and a nobody. It saved me by his marvelous. He saved me by his marvelous grace. And I knew I was different from that day forward. I knew I was different. Even as a teenager, I knew I was different. You can't do nothing to me that equals how much he's forgiven me. Because I have stumbled, and I have fallen, i made a mess of things, and God has been right there to forgive me a fresh and anew and keep me in the path. How in the world can you not forgive? See pitifully lethargic let somebody else do it. I'm gonna tell you what puts me to shame. I'm tell you what puts me to shame. And Zeke, you know me by now. You know I wouldn't hurt you or your family for nothing. You know that, don't you? I see him—a dragon. Well, Ella she can walk herself now. Praise God for that. Ain't that a blessing? He's a carrying one end in a diaper bag. She's carrying another in the end. And a diaper bag. And here they come, dragging all those young And 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 more than once, he has brought them by himself whenever she couldn't come. I say, you know, Zeke, we need somebody to help in the junior church. Do you reckon maybe you and Brittany would be interested? Oh yeah, yeah, we'd love to. And they are the best fit there it's ever been. Would you please forgive me? Why well, I just get all tore up when I see that. And then somebody comes running up to me. Well, I'm tell you I'm mad. I'm upset. Well, why? Well, they should have done this. And maybe they shouldn't have. But i just shake my head and say. And to be honest, if I had a whole bunch of that second crowd, I don't know if I could do it. Pretty soon, I'd say, man, anything's got to be better than this for a living. But you know what? The next Sunday, I see the doors of that, new, that truck fly open, and I see a little family coming down the hill, and I say, okay, God, I can go another week. God, I'll make it another service, and regardless of whatever else happens. I stand amazed, because if there's anybody that would have a right to say, you know, preacher, we got, we, we got a house full of youngins, and you don't know what it is to get three youngs ready. Oh, yeah, I do. It's been a long time, but I ain't forgotten. Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah! My baby days is over. I'm thrilled! <laughs> but I think I see, isn't it amazing? A family that cleans the church has five kids. Bless God, I ain't cleaning nothing. I, I know. I know. All you're going to do is, Brother Ronnie, Brother Ronnie, bless God, you know, the carpet had too many lines in it this morning. You know, bless God, Brother Ronnie. Don't you think maybe, Brother Ronnie, don't you think it's, yeah, I know. I know. But a family, five kids, will come and clean the church. You know why? Strengthening hands. Kenny strengthened my hand Friday And I seen him clean up the parking lot. And I, we got folks like us all in the church. But some are just pitifully lethargic. I don't care. If you ask me, I'll tell you what's wrong. There's a whole lot wrong. There's a whole lot wrong. But can I help you? There's a whole lot right. There's a whole lot good. There's a whole Praise God. There's a whole lot good around here. There's a whole lot right. Wednesday night we had people falling over one another putting up tables. Hallelujah for that. Praise God for that. Praise me to my fifth point. People were en- enthusiastic. Why don't you take your Bible now. Let me show you two more points. Now I'm done. I've done preached out. Let me show you these two points right real quick. People were enthusiastic. I want you to notice verse number eleven. Notice these words. Repaired the other piece. Notice verse number 19. You got your Bible? Verse number 19. Another piece over against the going up of the armory. Verse 21, another piece. Verse 24, another piece. Verse 27, another piece. Here here was a group of people that were so enthusiastic. They not only did what was required, but they said, give me another piece. It was the extra. What can I do to help? What can I do to contribute? Then notice verse number 20. And after him, Barak, the son of Zebah earnestly repaired the other. That word earnestly means to burn a blaze. He's excited about doing the other piece. And last of all, there's a principle that overshadows all of this. Have you got your Bible? Now I'm going to illustrate this for you, and I'm going to show you here's what happened. In Nehemiah chapter three, chapter three, and verse number two. And next to him. Verse number four. And next unto them. Verse number five. And next unto them. Verse number seven. And next unto them. Verse number eight. Next unto him repaired. Verse number eight. Next unto him. Verse number nine. Next unto them. Verse number ten. Next unto them. That word, next unto him, it's a phrase that means this. It means the joining of the hands. Come here, Elijah. It means he come up next to the person, but not with the closed hand, but with an open hand, say, Put your hand there. The other hand. The other hand. Okay. Oh, okay. It's okay. Not sure. Anyway, we're not even go there. It means joining together unto him. And then it means, Brother George, you take the hand. It means that hand. Joining that. And it means, David, you, you take that hand. It means unto him. And everybody was unified unto him. There's a, in London, there's a horse pull. First whole, first horse, let me get my notes here. The first horse, you stand right there. The first horse can pull 9,000 pounds a second horse can pull 8,000 pounds. But when you put those horses together, they can pull 30,000 pounds when you put them together. The strength of strength in their hands is a very simple one. And next to them. All right, darling, you put your hand in there with, with darling, don't step on her face. You got her shoes on. Okay, Tim, you put your hand in that one. All right. You you put your hand over there on that one. And you put your hand over there next to him because he won't let nobody else hold your hand. (laughs) And as we make a circle around this church, years ago at the little white building, one of the first things we did how many of you remember we made a circle? First little old church. It was a little old bitty circle. It wasn't very big at all. It actually, it was very, very small. And so, Sarah, you just get up on the pulpit and circle back around that way. And I want everybody here tonight, I want you to take a hand pull on around let me out you stay right here